You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Welcome back to the latest edition of the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you the show here as always. Thanks once again for tuning in to another episode on today's show. I'm going to be joined by Russ Goldman, uh, big Patriots fan over there in the US of A, up around the Boston area. And uh, he covers all things Patriots for Patriots 4th and 2. And we often get him on to talk Patriots today. We'll be talking from a wide range of subjects from around the National Football League. And uh, really looking forward to getting him on in just a little moment. Elvery Sports in Ireland has linked up with the NFL. New deal there for them to be the uh, official seller of the uh, NFL merchandise in the Republic of Ireland. So a big uh, deal there. It's very hard to get they're actually basically impossible unless you ordered off nfl europe or uh, off the nfl.com shop site to get uh, authentic nfl gear in ireland so it's a big uh, a big step forward on that front dj went to dublin to uh, to the event and uh, got a chance to put some questions toward joke bell uh, nfl running back for the detroit lions of course and um, we're going to have uh, that interview and uh, those questions were put towards him uh, on a podcast later in the week maybe coming out sunday maybe monday early next week and uh, looking forward to sharing that with you a big crowd at the event by all accounts and uh, seem to be a, a lot of people having fun whether they're uh, diehard nfl fans whether they're just there for their uh, the first taste maybe they get to uh, check it out this season get hooked and hopefully start listening to the overtime Ireland podcast after all that goes down but um last week a busy week here for uh, myself and uh, we're playing with the donegal Derry vipers in the iafa league here in ireland it was our last game of our rookie season it's been a a tough season we've came close in a number of occasions to getting that first win but uh Finally, in our last game, we played the Galway Warriors. I know a number of them are loyal podcast listeners. Uh, we eventually got ourselves over the line, got a, a tough-fought win down there, so it was a, a great way to round off the season. have to say that uh, it was one of the most physical games off the year, and uh, I, I really did uh, feel it over the last few days. A lot of bruises, uh, a lot of aches and pains, but starting to starting to come back around now, thankfully, and hit the gym earlier today and was able to get a good session, and so hopefully that there takes me around the whole way and uh, back, to, back to normality now, but... That wrapped up our our season and uh, must say it was an absolutely phenomenal experience. The bowl season coming up now in the next few weeks for all the teams around the IAFA that have made it that far. So stay tuned for uh, more information on that coming up in the next few weeks. But it's uh, it's time now to get Russ on the show. Let's uh, get through the NFL news and let's get him on the show right now. You're listening to the Overtime Ireland podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Going back once again on the podcast by Russ Goldman, a lot of you'll know him from Patriots 4th and 2, and uh, we always get him on when we need any news regarding the, the New England Patriots, but a few different topics over the last few days, uh, and we're going to kind of go through some of them now, and um, although we'll not pretend to be uh, experts on some of the stuff, uh, we will we will discuss it, and I want to start off with something in the division, Russ, and uh, you know, it's the offensive line coach for the Buffalo Bills, uh, Aaron Cromer, and He's been placed on indefinite paid administrative leave, and we've heard of things like this here now in the recent times with the commissioner's exemplist and all. But this here has been done by the Buffalo Bills. But you know, he's been a, he was arrested for a, a assault, and uh, it doesn't look good for him in his time at the, with the Bills. He only he only signed a contract with them, a two year contract uh, in January. So, did this come as a surprise to you when you heard it? And uh, you know, usually you hear players getting involved in trouble around this time of the year in between training camps, but to, to hear a coach involved is a little bit strange. Yeah, that was a little bit strange when I heard the story. And uh, to be honest with you, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, and uh, I'm sure he's very good at his job, I, I would consider 
um, legal action and what you can do to get out of your contract. Uh, because, again, I, I don't think you want someone like this uh, as part of your organization. That's just that's just my own personal preference. But, but again, we'll see how this all plays out. It, it was quite a shock, to be honest with you. And, you know, when you think about it, people might think offensive line coach uh, probably doesn't make that much difference. People don't, people, regular fans of the NFL don't understand just how important the offensive line is. If your offensive <laughs> line is letting those pass rushers through, you know, if they're not opening up holes for the running back, you're in big, big trouble. And, um, you know, they've just put a lot, a lot of money into uh, LaShawn McCoy. He's there as a running back this season, and they'll be expecting to get an immediate return on him. Quarterback situation there is a bit shaky with the likes of EJ Manuel, who'll likely start again as their quarterback. And, uh, you know, if the, if the offensive line isn't getting the, the duties done that they need to go into training camp, I'm pretty sure he's not going to be involved in at least the first few weeks, and I'd be very surprised to see him back uh, with the team this season anyway. Um, you know, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the likes of E.J. Manuel and uh, both the offensive line and the running backs. Oh, absolutely. And listen, I'm glad that you brought up the importance of uh, the offensive line coach because the Patriots had had a change last year, and we could see an adjustment going from Dante Scarnecchia, of probably one of the best in the business, to Dave the Guglielmo, and I probably said that wrong, but that's okay. And uh, <laughs> there was an adjustment period because, again, different styles, different coaches, and it takes a little bit of time to adjust for those offensive linemen. So uh, this is a very interesting situation with, with the Buffalo Bills. I, I like many of the moves that they've made, and they have upgraded their team. But this is something worth watching, like you said. You know, when you bring in a running back like that, you need a good offensive line. You need, obviously, a good offensive line for your for your quarterback. So, uh, so, so this could be a significant loss. You know, again, we're going to have to see how it all plays out with the Buffalo Bills, but, but you cannot discount the importance of an offensive line coach. I, 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 for one, definitely see the importance of one. Yeah, and they're a team that I think have really helped themselves over the last two seasons, upgrading in a number of positions, and I think... They're on the right track, but then if you have things like this here, it's really going to set you back. Maybe they have somebody in-house that is going to be able to take over in you know, a seamless transition, but that'll remain to be seen, and it'll be a couple of maybe pre-season, start of the season, you'll start to see if it has uh, if it has worked successfully or if they're going to really struggle with the O-line and getting things in sync there because it is, as I mentioned, very, very important. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of players, well, not a lot of players, but a lot more than normal signed uh, big deals yesterday around the NFL. It was uh, the final day for the franchise tag, and... You know, the Kansas City Chiefs were on about getting pass rushes through an offensive line. Um, Justin Houston signed a six-year deal, $101 million in that, and uh, includes $52.5 million in guarantees. This year is actually uh, the J.J. Watt, previously the biggest uh, contract for a defensive lineman, but now this one here has uh, surpassed that by just around half a million. And, uh, you know, there's there's some terrorizing quarterback or pass rushers around the National Football League but you know JJ Watts at the top of that and he's getting a lot of credit right. it's nearly gone overboard uh, this this offseason but people can't uh, underestimate how good Justin Houston is and the Chiefs really had to although they would have kept him for one more season it's it's important to get him locked down long term yeah listen uh you know again that what he does for that team is very important so you you got to pay a premium for that and uh I don't, you know, again, when I saw the deal, the number does jump out at you, $52.5 million guaranteed for Justin Houston. But, again, if, if this is someone that you are going to be building your defense around, then, then um, you have to pay for that. Uh, I'm not against paying Justin Houston that. And you'll see other players on, on the defensive side. Uh, I'm, I'm more in favor of that move um, compared to some of the other moves we're going to be talking about. 
Yeah, and we, just the, the Chiefs when we're on the Chiefs, you know, a lot, a lot of the people will be wondering and paying that much money to a, a single defensive player. We've seen a lot of defensive players, even in Dominic and Sue, going to the Dolphins, getting that big money deal. And, uh, you know, when you look at a team, the Chiefs are kind of a, I would nearly call them a, a Seahawks light, where the wide receivers mightn't be uh, all the greatest in the league. And, you know, the people might, I know Russell Wilson, I'd put him ahead of Alex Smith, but it's a run-based game. And when you're doing that, you need to have a very, very strong defensive unit. And the, the, the Chiefs are a team on the defensive side of the ball, which sometimes don't get as much credit as they should. And, you know, a lot of it comes with the pressure that Justin Houston provides. I know a lot of his sacks came in that last game of the season last year when I think he had four sacks, but he almost, he almost broke the sack record. So uh, I think that there might add a few extra dollars onto this contract as well. Absolutely. Listen, you know, again, you got to pay. But but what's funny about paying Justin Houston and also paying J.J. Watt, uh, you know, again, uh, the Patriots, you know, down the road might have to look at certain situations like that as well. And you don't like to overpay, but sometimes you need to at certain positions. You know, again, this is one skill set that I'm willing to pay for. Um, you know, again, the blind side of the quarterback with your offensive tackle, I think, is another one. Cornerback's another one. But there are other positions that I think is, you know, for me, ridiculous to pay top dollar for, and that would be the wide receiver position, which we're going to be talking about. Yeah, on to the wide receivers, and I guess you're going to have some views on this. And then, you know, both Demarius Thomas and Des Bryant signed huge, huge contracts, both five-year deals, and very, very similar contracts. And there was some talk between uh, where the two organizations colluding on the deal, but uh, I think that's been definitely overblown. But Des Bryant, $70 million over five years, $45 million guaranteed, and then a five-year deal for Demarius Thomas, $70 million as well, but he has $35 million guaranteed money. You mentioned there you don't think that the top dollar to a wide receiver you know, mightn't be the, the best way to spend that money. But over the last few years, Des Bryant has really been the uh, the main part of I know we had DeMarco Murray last year, but the main part of that Dallas Cowboys offense, and certainly on the receiving side of the ball, you have Witten there as well. But, you know, Des Bryant has uh, definitely been productive touchdown-wise. But your thoughts first on the, the Des Bryant deal, and uh, I was going to say if you thought it was good value, obviously you probably don't <laughs> think it was. <laughs> Well, well, listen, out of the two, Des Bryant deserves to get paid more out of the two. Again, the difference in the uh, guaranteed is uh, is slight. But uh, but uh, he is, you know, again, a huge part of that offense. And uh, I just, you know, again, it's just a position where, where I've seen you not having to really pay top dollar for it to succeed. You you named a team that, that doesn't really have that quote-unquote number one receiver in the Seattle Seahawks. And, of course, the New England Patriots are, are two teams they have not built their offenses around that one number one receiver. You know, again, I was never, believe it or not, I was never a fan of the Patriots with Randy Moss. Right, right. Because I, I, I thought that took away from what the Patriots did best, and that was actually Tom Brady basically controlling the offense and finding the open receiver. And um, the fact that, uh, that the Patriots don't have that number one receiver i think is a benefit to them you know again they do have gronkowski so so you you could consider him that that number one receiver as a tight end but i think that i think that spending this type of money for these two players i think is a mistake but but again you know that's what the broncos and the uh that's the philosophy of the broncos and the cowboys is different than what i'm used to with the new england patriots and and uh these if you're looking at the position and and the guys that are at the top of their game these two deserve to be there, along with obviously Calvin Johnson. I just don't put my money there. You mentioned there as well, you know, uh, Gronk, and 
Although you don't have that, uh, you know, we'll call an elite tier wide receiver, I think you have to say that if you're going to round all the receivers in the league and just go call them receivers, don't call them tight ends or wide receivers, I think right. you have to really put Gronk probably in that top five. So do you think your argument about the Patriots not actually having the, the wide receiver on the outside at that top level is a little bit similar to this? I know Gronk's not getting this type of money, but he, and if right. he goes for another contract, he's probably going to start to get something similar. Well, he does have a long term deal, and, and I think what makes him different for me calm than than the two players you talk about again he you could call him just a receiver he actually blocks yeah. and and he's a huge part of the running game with his blocking so for me he's an overall football player you know again he he can block he can catch he can do it all so i would pay top dollar for someone that that is that can you know that has different types of skill sets and he's just not someone that's going to catch the ball for you he's a game changer like these guys but he does it in other ways and that to me is what what separates Gronk from players like Damaris Thomas and Des Bryant and Calvin Johnson they're all great players don't get me wrong the, the guys we're talking about I'd rather put my money you know if if I have money to, to spend I put my money on Gronkowski because he offers you more I think than 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 your uh, top flight wide receivers. Yeah, and as well, when you're looking at these wide receivers, and you know anyone hitting free agency, you have to pay them that money because if you don't pay them the the dollars that they want, they're going right. to eventually get to free agency, and you're going to lose that star player. So it's a bit of a you know the the team has to really nearly pay up, or you're just going to lose out. But you know when I'm a, obviously I'm a Packers fan, but when you look through the two contracts they signed the last two seasons, both Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb signed. Uh, a deal with 17 million guaranteed over four years uh, this offseason and 40 million is the total of that deal so it's almost half the amount of these two wide receivers although they are bigger and stronger um, production wise it'll be interesting to see what they put up uh, compared to Randall Cobb next season and in the coming seasons he's a younger player as well so sometimes the you know the team make it a little bit of a, a team friendlier deal and then other times the player is all about the money but I suppose when you're playing in the National Football League the, your career could be over uh, before you know it so you really when you have that opportunity have to get as much money out of it as you want but we mentioned there that uh, maybe the wide receiver isn't your most valued position and you mentioned Calvin Johnson as well but is there a wide receiver in the NFL that um, you know who's your favorite wide receiver to watch in the league it would be Calvin Johnson mm. uh, it, it, it would totally be Calvin Johnson but but honestly I will tell you two a uh, two wide receiver pair besides you know obviously watching my my home home team Patriots yeah. that I really like I, you is, is uh, the two you mentioned just a few minutes ago would be Jordy Nelson and uh, and Randall Cobb I, I think they're both dynamic in their own way they're not you know, again, they're not over-the-top number one receivers, but they can kill you together. Uh, I like to pair together because I think they complement each other. So I actually w- like watching your passing game compared to, say, watching the Detroit Lions, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Denver Broncos. I think your passing game, I'm talking about the Green Bay Packers, is much more dynamic than the ones we just talked about because yeah. there's variety there. It's, a, it's also interesting as well when you, you look at Calvin Johnson. I've put out a question a few times on Twitter, and it came up again today, about uh, Calvin Johnson. If you had a one-off play that the, the season's on the line and the game's on the line, I don't think too many would take anybody over Calvin Johnson just for his size and his right. freakish athletic ability. So I think I would probably agree with you there, even though uh, I am a, a Packers fan. I don't have much love for the Detroit Lions. I have to say that he's, I would say he's still, even as he gets older, even with the injuries, he's still the guy that you take for that, that one-off play as well. This year, we're talking about the contracts, obviously sets up for the next couple of seasons with guys like Julio Jones and AJ Green and all 
all they're going to be looking for their next contracts and down in uh, a lot of talk about T.Y. Hilton down with the, the Colts and they're going to have to pay Andrew Luck so a lot of this here all starts to set the market and we'll see where it goes it'll it's a bit like the quarterbacks the next ones are going to want more and more and more the whole the whole the whole time and uh, just when we're talking about quarterbacks Russell Wilson's contract still hasn't got done and there's you know the talk of it are you surprised at how much this has been talked about publicly rather than Andrew Lux, which has been, been uh, talked about in a, a very private manner by the looks of things? Well, what's funny about that, again, being a fan of the New England Patriots, I'm used to everything being private, and this hasn't been private at all. And uh, Russell Wilson is you know, a quarterback that, that I admire. You know, Again, I, I've had a chance to watch him a, a great amount. I even watched him in, in college. So I think what he offers is something completely different than, say, what what Tom Brady offers than, than, than some of the other elite quarterbacks offer because, you know, again, he has the ability to run. He has the ability to move outside the pocket. Uh, he's, he's a unique talent. So, again, the Seattle Seahawks are in a very interesting situation. What do you do? They're eventually going to have to pay Russell Wilson what he wants. I'm just surprised, like you said, that it's become so public. I'd rather it didn't. And uh, I mentioned at the start about the offensive line and uh... – Cromer up there with the Buffalo Bills. I probably should have fitted this in at the time, but uh, I want, I'm only fitting it in now. It's Dan Connolly stepping away. He's part of the Patriots offensive line for the last, I think, 11 years. He's had a, a great, great career there. And, you know, the offensive line goes along quietly. It's one of them things that sometimes you miss them when they're out injured and that, but he's won two Super Bowls, I think, is it, or maybe even more Super Bowls. You could probably correct me on that, but he's been there. A I think long he, I, I believe he only won one. If, if I'm, you know, again, I'd have to go check back when he actually started with the Patriots. I You're believe. actually correct. Yeah, the 2007 season. So he missed out in those, the first three, but he did win three conference championships with them. Correct. Correct. And, uh, you know, and, uh, I just heard, heard the news this morning that he was retiring and, and, there were speculations yesterday that he'd be retiring. And, uh, and honestly, I think the Patriots have been preparing for that. And, uh, and they've actually drafted two very young guards uh, that, that were high on. And, uh, and, and they have other guards as well. So what's interesting about, about the Patriots' line situation in last year was a huge discussion piece because it, it took a while for it to gel. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, again, I hate to use the plug-and-play mentality but that's the type of mentality that they have dan Connolly was was a solid contributor and uh and he will be missed because he just did his job but i think the patriots are ready for that situation and have players to um you know basically to you know to to follow you know to follow his lead and uh and be starters uh for the team so again i wish him the best of luck he he gave the patriots some very good years and uh and it's time to move on for the Patriots, and I think I think the Patriots' offensive line won't won't be such a discussion piece as it has been in years past because I think uh, I think last year with with the transition from Dante Scarnecchia to uh, to Coach Googe, that was an adjustment, and uh, they learned a great deal about them. But but the big part of that offensive line was the move of Brian Stork to center. Once that happened, everything else kind of fell into place. So I think the Patriots' offensive line. Overall, we'll be fine, uh, but uh, but there's no question that Dan Connolly was uh, was a key contributor last season. Um, when we're on as well, mentioning the legal situation up in Buffalo, um, the legal situation of Greg Hardy, 
he obviously had a, a 10 game suspension from the NFL and he did appeal it it has been now taken down to a 4 game suspension but there's word coming out that he is actually thinking about taking the, the NFL to court over it to try and get it reduced to a 2 game suspension which would be would have been the uh, you know the, the situation prior to the whole Ray Rice case because Ray Rice got the 2 games and then it was you know, he got indefinitely suspended by the league after that. But Greg Hardy, uh, although it's different to Tom Brady, and we will tip on Tom Brady in a little moment, minute, sure. are you surprised that he's going to go into appeal this even further after he's after getting six games cut off the original suspension? Do you think uh, he's, he's wise to go and try and appeal this? Well, I think he should quit while he's ahead, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, me. that's but, what I kind uh, but, of thought myself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what I would do. But again, he, you know, he's doing this on—I wouldn't say a technicality, but but on legalese reasons. You know, again, he's he's going after precedent. Yeah. So that's why he's going to continue to fight this because there is precedent set, Colm. So if he he can go go to the court system and get it knocked down to two, that's what it looks like. You know, again, based on what you're telling me, I hadn't heard that this morning. So that's why he's probably going to do it. Uh, I think, you know, you know, again, I, I personally think he should quit while he's, I think he got a great deal. Honestly, based on, uh, on, on this guy's domestic abuse history, I think he should stop, you know. But, but um, in, in the legal realm, he probably has a case which, is, uh, which, of which I think is unfortunate. But, but that's, you know, that's the way uh, the legal system works. It does, you know. Many decisions are made off of precedent, so he probably does have a case which, again, like I said, um, is unfortunate. Yeah, it's amazing too that when you think back that he was never uh, charged in the court of law officially um, because the the person that had the case against him ended up not wanting to, to go to trial over it. So really and truly, he's got off the hook there. He's got off the hook now a little bit with the suspension that was handed down. and. It's uh, you know it was a boost for the Cowboys. Now they've signed Des Bryant, so you know they've improved their defense. But it's just a, a strange case, and I don't really, I don't really uh, think that he, he really should appeal. I think he's lucky enough to be getting away with what he's getting away with at the moment. And just want to mention Ray Rice's name. It's a name I haven't said in quite some time. It's, it's yeah. surprising that nobody's taken a chance on him. Maybe when we get closer to the season, that somebody will take a chance. I know his production wasn't great in his last season, but you know he, he's been out of the league for so long, you almost forget about him. And uh, just as we finish up, um, I'm sure the question that DJ would have been telling me to ask you over and over again is uh, about about Tom Brady. Obviously, it's, sure. it's been talked out at this stage, and it's gone a little bit quiet after the appeal. But with uh, up in Boston there, I've said since the four game came out that I thought it was going to be cut to a two-game suspension. I still, that is my opinion. Uh, yeah. What do you think is going to be the likely outcome here? And have you heard any whispering up there as to, to when, the dro- when it's due to drop on that? It's- well, what's funny is that I had heard some whispers, uh, a local radio station, WEI, on Tuesday, uh, one of the hosts, who was actually right about the timing of the Wells report, came out on the airwaves and said he was told that, this was on Tuesday, that that a decision, he was hearing that a decision was going to be made within 48 hours, either Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, it's now Thursday, so <laughs> so nothing has happened. And uh, but, but yes, we were hearing whispers that it was going to be coming down within the next 48 hours, and uh, and that time is gone. So, so who knows at this point? Um, if I'm if I'm to guess, I'm 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 gonna say two games, maybe one game. I don't think it's it's gonna be vacated, which is what I want to see happen. So at that point, you know, again, I I've been asked this several times, Colm, and I'm happy to answer this part if you were gonna ask me this. Yeah. If he gets two games, one game, should Tom Brady fight this in court? My answer is absolutely, positively yes. Um, because again, for me, this is about his reputation. This is also about the reputation of the New England Patriots. So, if for some reason he gets any type of suspension, I 
do think that Tom Brady should take it through the court system to get it vacated, to to do whatever you can to clear your name. And uh, I'm I'm one that that strongly believes that he did nothing wrong here. And that's just my opinion. Yeah. I've read everything, and uh, everyone has other opinions. And I've talked to so many people about it. They think I'm crazy, that or naive that I believe he had nothing to do with it. But uh, I followed his entire career, and uh, I've you know I've heard the interview right after, you know again right at, right after the story broke. He, you know he was told about this on air on WEI, and he sounded extremely surprised by the news and. Again, I've never known this guy to lie, and uh, I don't think he's beginning now. So if I'm Tom Brady and I believe in my heart that I did nothing wrong, you fight this until you, you get this vacated. And, uh, but, but, yes, I do agree with you. I think Goodell will come back with two games. And uh, just when you mentioned, um, you know, about you've read everything, the the one point that I have heard on a number of shows, Pro Football Talk in uh, particular when I listened to it, and uh, it's often been brought up that, the biggest problem that uh, in this case that I believe that made it such a case is I think it was maybe the Monday after that uh, game against the uh, the Colts had come out that I think it was was it eleven or twelve of the balls out of the yes. thirteen or whatever that were you know so far off the PSA and then when it turns out I think it was like about three or four weeks later it turned around that it was uh, two of the balls I think that were only out of that range and uh, you know it was because the story came out so big and it looked like every single ball had been tampered with that made it the big story that it was and that had the kind of wheels on it at that stage that you couldn't pull it back in and I think whether it was the league that was responsible for putting out that their first re- report I think it might have been uh, Chris Martinson that put it out that you know I just it think was, that, yeah, that, it was Chris Martinson yeah, that there's what uh, really I think blew this out of proportion and got the whole thing going and you know sometimes when you let the cat out of the bag like that you can't put it back in and I think I think uh, if that there had it just come out that it was two balls out of whatever the twelve or thirteen balls, I think it wouldn't have been a big story. I don't think it would have been. But then there was such uproar about it, about the, uh, cheating and so on and so forth, that it blew it out of proportion. And I think that there is where the the whole thing stemmed from. I don't think there'd be any talk about it only for that there uh, that first report to come out. I c- completely agree with you. That Chris Morrison report basically lit the fuse, and and it took off from there, and you could not take it away. And and. What's very disconcerting is that uh, I've not seen any retraction no. on that since then. And that report by Chris Mortensen has been proven false. And that's what's frustrating about this entire situation is that that is what set this whole thing going. And, uh, and, I'll, and I'll ask you an, a very simple question. If this was the Green Bay Packers, yeah. this was the New York Jets, would we be talking about this? Would they be in the trouble that the New England Patriots are in? No, I don't. Think, I think maybe maybe if it was the Dallas Cowboys, it, you know, it's just the size <laughs> of the franchise. I think they took it in and the, the amount of fans that the team has as well. Yeah, because no, it's, it's often talked about that Rogers likes the balls blowing up too big, and th- that's right. There's no word about that there. So you know, he's admitted that, and then. The, <laughs> You know, they say that these air balls were purposely doctored for Tom Brady to have them a little bit too soft. So why do they not? I don't want. I don't want them to look at Aaron Rodgers. Whoever's listened to this, do not tell the NFL this. But uh, surely there's a, there's some something there with the balls being too big. Yeah, listen, it's it's a crazy situation. But but what frustrates me and many Patriots fans is that it all goes back to that Chris Mortensen report and uh, that proved to be false. And and uh, you know. That's why whenever I see him seriously on TV or I listen to him, I cannot even – I basically change the channel click because uh, he's lost all kind of you know credibility with me after that, especially the part that he's never ret- retracted as far as I know. Yeah. And, uh, and it's obviously been proven wrong. 
So, so you're going off of a report that really set this whole thing off that, that, that was false. And, and that's what makes this whole situation even worse. And, uh, and, and very frustrating as a fan. And, uh, because the reputation of the New England Patriots and the reputation of Tyron Brady has been tarnished. And that, that unfortunately won't change. The only thing that I'm hoping for is that Tom Brady, you know, can can get this situation vacated for himself because I think I, I don't think he did anything wrong, Colin. That's just my opinion. I don't have any proof one way or, or another. I just know the history of someone that I followed his entire career, and I just I, I I've read the evidence. I don't see any link to Brady. I don't see you know anything that that says that Brady told anyone to do anything. So how can you how can you give this guy four games? I mean that's the part of this. That drives me crazy, and I've heard the argument that, well, he should get at least a game because he did not turn over his phone. But, but again, if we're going to go by precedent, he should get no games because Brett Favre got a $50,000 fine for not turning over his phone. So that's what, if you're going to do anything to Tom Brady, you should fine him. You should not suspend him whatsoever. And, and uh, I'm not changing my mind on that. And it's uh, again, it comes back to if this as well hadn't happened in the days of social media. Another another reason you mentioned Brad right. Favre, social media wasn't about, so it wasn't as big of a deal. But one thing is for sure, whether it's uh, a reduced suspension, the suspension stays the same. The suspension is cleared. Social media is going to uh, absolutely go crazy whenever it drops. And the NFL over the last couple of years has uh, kind of have made a reputation of dropping things on uh, Friday evenings and things like that. So, uh, you know, the, the, they're out of the office when all the stuff's going down. So maybe uh, he mentioned it could be in the next 48 hours. Well, maybe it hits uh, tomorrow evening, that is Friday, and uh, we'll, know, we'll know what's going down. But as always, Ross, it's been uh, a lot of fun talking NFL with you. We usually do stick a little bit more Patriots, but uh, we went through the wide receivers' contracts and that, and uh, it was a lot of fun to get your opinion. Thanks, as always, for coming on the show to talk to us. Anytime. Anytime you need me, I'm there for you. And sorry, Ross, I almost forgot as you finish up. Uh, you're on Twitter. It's at Ross underscore Goldman. And, of course, you're part of the, the great crew there at Patriots 4th and 2, which I know DJ's a huge fan of. Do you want to give uh, the, the Patriots 4th and 2 a plug on their Twitter handle as well? Please do, yes. Um, definitely definitely check out my show, Patriots 4th and 2. It's on blogtalkradio.com. You can just, just search for Patriots 4th and 2. It's also on iTunes on the Stitcher Radio app, and also on the TuneIn app. It's a great way to listen back to the show. I would highly recommend listening back on the TuneIn app. And uh, the one great thing I can mention, uh, Colm, about, about Patriots 4th and 2, we are using a new audio uh, service, and it, it's coming through crystal clear now. So my show is even better. So please do check out Patriots 4th and 2. Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Thanks once again to Russ for coming on the show. It's always a lot of fun getting him on to talk about, usually, as I mentioned, it's usually Patriots stuff, but uh, we kind of threw all the stuff from around the NFL there. While he was on, I probably should have mentioned, I forgot that uh, Stephen Guskowski, the, the kicker for the Patriots, has signed a long-term deal as well. He was also scheduled for the franchise tag and has been very accurate, very reliable for the team since uh, he started playing there. So a good deal there for the New England Patriots as well. Um, with that, uh, I mentioned DJ is up in Dublin at the event in uh, the Dundrum Centre with Elveries becoming the official merchandiser for the NFL. And uh, he was at the question and answer session with Jake Bell. Uh, the question and answer session will be posted um, later this week, probably Sunday or Monday. And uh, that will be going up on OvertimeIreland.com as well as a podcast feed for you to enjoy. 
Uh, if it's your first time listening to the show, hopefully you've enjoyed. Hopefully you will come back and listen again. Hit that subscribe button. And uh, if you're a long-term listener, thank you for your continued support. Please do continue to spread the word. Uh, of course, tell your friends about it via social media. And uh, just if you want to help us increase the numbers of the Overtime Ireland listenership as we move forward. We are on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I am on Twitter at the Column Kelly. Until I'm back next week with the next show, which will be that Jack Bell one. Uh, do do have a good week. Do enjoy yourself, and uh, until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.